Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Bonjour and welcome. My name is Caitlin Byrne and I'm the director of the Griffith Asia Institute and together with my colleagues from the Institute, in particular from the Pacific Hub, it's my great pleasure to welcome you all, whether you're joining us via Zoom, Facebook or YouTube, to today's seminar and we'll be exploring the question, New Caledonia towards a new Pacific nation. To begin, let me respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we're meeting. For me here in Brisbane, that's the Turrbal and Jagera people. But of course, there are many of you joining us from many lands. And in the spirit of reconciliation, I pay my respects to elders past and present, and I extend that respect to all First Nations peoples. And I'd like to make a special mention of our audience today. We know that many of you are tuning in locally, but also from right across the region, uh, particularly from across the Pacific, and welcome. I'd like to make special mention of a couple of guests here today. Dame Meg Taylor, Secretary General of the Pacific Islands Forum. SG, welcome back, albeit virtually, to Griffith Asia Institute. Also, the Honourable Ralph Raganvanu, MP and Leader of the Opposition in Vanuatu. Another person that's also visited the Griffith Asia Institute and spoken to our audiences, albeit a little while ago in 2013. And also the Honourable Moetai Brotherson, Deputy for French Polynesia in the French National Assembly. Pastor James Bhagawan, General Secretary of the Pacific Conference of Churches. And I know there are many more distinguished guests and you are all very welcome here today. In bringing this seminar to you, I'm really delighted that we have an opportunity to highlight our Pacific Hub. It's a fairly recent initiative established at the Griffith Asia Institute, really over the last six to 12 months, but it builds on the established teaching, research and capacity building collaborations that Griffith is very proud to be involved in with partners right across the Pacific region. And it involves a whole lot of different research areas from tourism to climate change adaptation, to media, to marine ecosystems, from central banking and finance to education, sports, culture and the arts, just to name a few. Led by Dr. Tess Newton-Kane, the Pacific Hub adds a really important dimension to the profile of the Institute and the conversations that we're able to have. And it draws in particular on Queensland's very special geographic, historic, commercial and cultural relationship with Pacific Island nations. If there's one driving purpose behind this work that, that I'd really put to it, I think it's to give voice to the many perspectives of our region and to generate conversations that build and contribute to informed debate, but also generate understanding and empathy across our respective communities. And today's seminar is no exception. So in just a couple of weeks on the 4th of October, New Caledonians will vote in a referendum on their political future. Long-term residents of the nation of the French Pacific Dependency, one of Australia's closest neighbours, will vote yes or no on independence from France. And it's not necessarily a straightforward proposition, but it is a significant moment, not just in our region, but even more broadly. And our panel of speakers will really be delving into the issues and telling us why. So let me introduce them briefly to you. Today's conversation will be led by Nick McClellan. Nick McClellan is no stranger to the region. He's a correspondent for the island's business magazine and other Pacific media. He's well known across the region and has reported extensively on New Caledonia and politics in the region. He's also the recipient of the Sean Dorney Pacific Journalism Award for 2020. 
Nick, it's great to have you with us again today. And Nick will be joined by a number of panellists. Firstly, Patricia Goer, an elected member of New Caledonia's Congress representing the pro-independence Union Nationale pour, Independ pour Independence. My French needs a little bit of work. Uh, she lives in Baco Tribe in New Caledonia's northern province and works as an advisor to provincial president, Paul Neotin. I'd also like to welcome Magalia Tangal, a former journalist who serves in the New Caledonian Northern Provincial Assembly. Magalia is a member of Union Caledonian Party. She is coordinator of the Yes campaign for the independence movement, FLNKS. And Charles Weyer, born in Uvea in the Loyalty Islands. Charles completed university degrees in Samoa and Australia and has served in the FLNKS, representative to Australia and at meetings of the Melanesian Spearhead Group. This is a special panel, it's a special conversation, and we're really delighted to bring it to you today. We know that many of you will want to be joining in the conversation and you can do that by uh, sharing your questions via the Q&A function. You'll find that at the bottom of your screen and you can submit questions at any time during the event and I know Nick will be keeping an eye on those. For now, that's enough for me. Uh, let me welcome Nick to the floor and our panellists. Thank you again for joining us. I think we're in for a great conversation. Over to you, Nick. Caitlin Byrne, thank you very much and thank you to Griffith University for hosting this uh, webinar. It's a great pleasure to be with you today. And I'm broadcasting from Melbourne, Australia, on the land of the Kulin people, acknowledging land that was never ceded. I'd like to um, welcome our participants today um, in putting together this seminar. The organisers approached uh, representatives of the four main parliamentary groups in New Caledonia's Congress. Uh, not everyone could uh, participate, but um, we've uh, received responses from a number of players and as mentioned, I'd like to introduce Mangali Tingal, uh, Patricia Goa, and Charles Weyer, uh, who'll be joining us today. To set the scene, I might just give a quick introduction for people who aren't as aware about current developments in New Caledonia in recent times. After violent conflicts in the 1980s, a series of agreements were forged between the French state, opponents of independence, and members of the Kanak Independence Coalition, the FLNKS, the Kanak Socialist National Liberation Front. The Numira Agreement of 1988 was an innovative framework to establish a decolonization process for New Caledonia, allowing long-term residents of the French Pacific Dependency to determine their future political status after a long transition. The Numira Accord created new political institutions, including three provincial assemblies in the North, South and Loyalty Islands. It established a national Congress with representatives from those three provinces, a multi-party collegial government uh, that includes both supporters and opponents of independence and a Kanak customary Senate. Over the 20 years since the signing of that agreement in 1998, there's been a progressive transfer of a legal and administrative powers over many sectors of economy and society from Paris to Numia. And the French government has supported a range of measures for economic, social and cultural rebalancing, the term used in the, uh, the accord. That's seen major changes, including the development of key industries, such as the, the construction of new smelters for nickel, export of nickel ore and nickel metals, a major economic uh, resource for this French Pacific state. 
after 20 years, the original Numir Accord agreed that there would be provision for a series of referendum on self-determination to determine the possible transfer of the remaining powers of sovereignty over defence, foreign policy, currency, and war. Uniquely, the Namir Accord doesn't just have one referendum to determine future political status. It allows for up to three referenda, not just one, and that's okay. uncommon when you look internationally. The first referendum under the Accord was held in November 2018, just uh, nearly two years ago. 43% of those who participated voted yes to independence, nearly 57% voting no to remain with the French Republic. That's a clear vote for the status quo. But many pundits, polling, politicians had predicted a much weaker result for the independence movement. And I think it's fair to say many were shocked at the strength of support from uh, particularly the Kanak people, but other supporters of independence. That's moved on two years to a second referendum, which will be held on the 4th of October this year. Two years on, however, the referendum comes in a changed context, obviously with the global coronavirus pandemic creating major economic and social changes in New Caledonia. And today yeah. we want to speak to our panellists and ask them not just about the referendum, but about the current state of play. Um, it's rare to hear voices directly from uh, New Caledonia in the broader Pacific. So we thank them for their participation. As uh, Professor Berners mentioned, there'll be an opportunity for people to submit questions through the uh, Q&A function of uh, this Zoom uh, or through those listening through Facebook and uh, staff from Griffith Asia Institute will be passing those on. Um, but first I might start just by asking our three panelists um, to really comment on the, uh, the current situation and what do they see as the main challenges facing New Caledonia on its path to decolonization. If I could begin by speaking to you, Patricia, Patricia Goa, and asking uh, for your comments. Before I, I start, I'd like to, I'll do it in French. Je ne sais pas pourquoi je suis émue. Hein. Je, je, je voulais vous remercier et je voulais, euh, ça fait 30 ans que j'ai pas eu l'occasion d'avoir mes amis australiens, on va dire ça comme ça, ou mes amis du Pacifique. Donc avant que j'essaye de, de reprendre un anglais que j'ai oublié depuis 20 ans, je voudrais vous dire bonjour. Bonjour à so, tous ceux qui nous regardent. Ça so est... to my friends uh, in Australia, who I haven't seen for 30 years, to people across the Pacific, before I speak in English, I want to salute you and thank you uh, for the welcome. Merci. Et aussi... Euh, faire en sorte que les élus, les différentes personnalités qui nous suivent aujourd'hui reçoivent le bonjour de Kanaki Nouvelle-Calédonie. Donc c'est important pour moi de le dire. And if I have to say in a few points, but you'll excuse me, because it's been nearly 20 years since I haven't been able to speak in English. But the main focus for us and the main challenges, especially for for the independentist groups, whether they're in the Congress or in any provincial assemblies, we have, we really have to succeed. And I'm looking at the French state in saying it has to succeed in decolonization. It's the first time. That's the first challenge. The particularity of Kanaki struggle is that he was able to put it 
accord, and especially the Numea accord, three poll, three action, where you are going to ask its population whether you want to accede to, whether you want to come to sovereignty, whether you want to be independent. Three times. It's been done in 20, uh, 2018. It's going to be done in 2020. And if we don't succeed in 2020, we are going towards 2022. The main thing I want to see is that once Jean-Marie Chibao said, whether we are going to a path where even at the end of the path, if there's only one Caledonian, one Kanak living on this land, we will still struggling for our sovereignty. And that is really important. And that is what I want to see, to say. Sorry. Thank you very much, Patricia. Um, Magali, I pose the same question to you about the challenges facing uh, New Caledonia and uh, uh, your vision of uh, the, the key steps before you. Thank you, Nick. So on my turn, I'll uh, acknowledge uh, um, all the participants and also the honourable members of parliament who have joined this uh, webinar. Thanks to Griffith, Griffith uh, University as well to make it happen and to you, Nick, for this very important uh, seminar for the region. Um, so as um, Patricia said, of course, that for us, the, the main the main challenge is to succeed this decolonization, but no mistakes. It's the responsibility of France to uh, achieve this decolonization. But for us, as um, Kanak people, we need to uh, again, again, again educate educate um, our um, our people to um, to understand what what is really uh, important when we talk about uh, our. Um, uh, decolonization. So we may we may say, well, decolon is decolonization means independence for us in the uh, FLNKS? Yes, we we are on the path of the decolonization to go to to our independence. So may, maybe one of our um, one of our challenges has uh, so I don't but Patricia were uh, on success of the decolonization, um, and for France. To achieve this decolonization in in our country here is their best challenge. Um, they they're going to make history if they achieve this uh, decolonization in this in the Pacific here uh, with us. So first, when uh, the our elders put our people on the first path of the decolonization, they have decided to sign two accords, Numea Accords and Martino-Udino Accords. This is our way to, to, go, to go to the decolonization. So um, we're talking also on the decolonization of mentalities, um, to try to, to think after the independence. Um, we're talking also, it's a quite a big challenge for us to talk about independence has, um, has um, a, an opportunity. Why? Because since then, um, independence, um, independence uh, is scary here for people. So we have to talk to people, we have to um, 
to, to educate, as I said, through meetings, di discussion, and uh, we're talking about living together. So yes, our best challenges is to succeed, to achieve this decolonization. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. And Charles, uh, Charles Weyer, would you like to uh, make a few comments on uh, the challenges facing uh, New Caledonians as they move forward on this uh, path set out by the Namir Accord? Charles, can you uh, hear us? Yes. Please go ahead. Yes. Thank you, Nick. Uh, I'm going to follow my two uh, colleagues who just uh, uh, gave their, uh, their uh, arguments and point of views uh, in relation with the Caledonia future. So I would like to say uh, thank you uh, to the Griffith University and also to you, Nick, as a facilitator, and also hi uh, to the participants and particularly some of the member parliament. So in relation with your question, Nick, I would say that uh, actually in the in New Caledonia, uh, regarding uh, the organization of the referendum, I can say that people now are ready to go uh, to vote uh, for the second time after the referendum in uh, 2018. I would say that uh, in relation with uh, some of the challenges that we've been, uh, we've been challenging, especially for the FNKs, I can say that we are ready. We are ready to uh, to challenge uh, the political uh, political vision uh, in the sense that uh, uh, the Hellenists has already explained their uh, already explained to the people of New Caledonia and also to the French government uh, about how New Caledonia would be, how uh, we can take uh, the responsibility to manage the future or uh, country as an independent state, as an independent nation. That's why that uh, in terms of uh, the challenges, we say that we are ready, concretely and practically, uh, to, uh, to uh, take over the challenges uh, as an as as independent nation in future, over the, the, the referendum of the of 4 of October. Yes, Patricia, please. Yeah. I really have to emphasize on one thing. When we did, when we did the vote in 2018, that was the chance for us to enter the numbers, just to know who is voting, just to know who is today capable of talking about sovereignty. And that was really important, that today we understand that we're not talking only for the Kanak people. The importance that we have to emphasize today is that even if we are a majority of yes, as we may say, it's really a status or a project for all Caledonians living in Kanaki. It's not just for us that today we are fighting or we are struggling. Let's not oppose all the people living on this land. Really, today we know that people are not afraid of anymore, anymore of claiming where they are from. And that is really, to my sense, something important. We are talking about 20 years of stability or 30 years of stability. With the rebalancing, we are being able to do our own law. We have been able to redefine 
some of our project. And that is really important. We're talking about education. We are talking about health. We are talking about our youth and our women. And that is very important to understand. We're not just talking about a people. We're talking about a nation to be. I think one of, I, as a reporter, I, I was in New Caledonia covering the 2018 referendum and noticed that one of the main concerns from people who were either opposed to independence or wavering about their vote was concern about what it would mean economically. Um, yeah. People concerned that the loss of French funding would um, uh, uh, affect their livelihoods, their well-being, and so on. Magali, as you're campaigning today, um, how do you respond to the challenge that comes from uh, uh, opponents of independence that this uh, move to sovereignty would be a significant economic setback and impact people's livelihoods and well-being? Thank you, Nick. Um, uh, exactly. In 2018, when we started um, the campaign, the Yes campaign, we didn't know that we, 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 we had to talk about economics uh, funding from France. It's, it's actually when we start to talk to people and uh, the opponent of the um, uh, independence uh, start to talk about the uh, French found, uh, founding that we had to uh, again educate. So from um, from 2018 to now, we um, we have to always, always, always answer that part of the uh, the, uh, the independence. But it's not only talking about founding, but because that question came uh, from the fore and from the op the opposite of uh, the independence. So what we what we we saying to people when they ask this? Uh, first of all, um, uh, France it's only ten percent in uh, in our um, founding uh, today in two thousand in twenty twenty. We're talking about 10%. Uh, so, well, it's like a lot of money, but it's not uh, all our money. And if that country is that, it is, uh, that developed, develop, it's not only because of France, it's also because there's um, an, uh, an um, independence, uh, there's a Numea Accord. France uh, do what... Uh, they must do through this political accord. So after the independence, how can we can we survive without French money? We'll we'll talk with uh, with friends after the independence. This is going to be our first um, uh, co cooperation, um, and and uh, uh, it's it's going to be our first um, friend nation. Um, as far as uh, our brothers and sisters from the Pacific region, but, but also France. So, and France is paying here for his presence here. We're talking about army, we're talking about the, the um, French embassy, French haut commissariat. This is what we talk, we're talking about when we're talking about uh, French, uh, French money. Yeah? Patricia, you live in the northern province. Yeah. And um, one of the major changes that's come uh, over the last 20 years under the Namir Accord has been some significant changes in the mining industry, 
and particularly the uh, construction of new smelters. Um, historically, there's been a, a smelter from Societe Le Nickel in Numea, um, which is uh, transforming New Caledonia's vast reserves of nickel into metal for export. Um, there's been now a, a new plant in the south at Goro, controlled currently by the Vale uh, Corporation from Brazil. And in the north, a major project at Coniambo, a major smelter um, with the northern province. It's a time of major change internationally. Can you tell us a little bit about both the importance of these changes um, in the mining and uh, smelting sector, but particularly what it's meant for people living in the north where you, where you live outside the provincial capital? Before I, I go any further, Nick, I'd like to sort of, um, I'd like to come back to what Magali said, and that's very, very okay. important. She said, the, one of the difficulties we have here is that apart from saying you will not be able to work without French money, you will not be able to work without, uh, to study without French money. You will not be able to uh, heal yourself without French money. Something happened in the world a few months ago, a crisis, a major crisis, a pandemia, right? COVID, the coronavirus. That question is, as, is addressed to the whole world. We can't keep on doing what we've been doing so far. It's just impossible. We have to change the way we look at economy. We have to change the way we look at how to heal ourselves. We have to change the way we eat every day. And that is the, one of the main challenges that we have to go through. But it's not only a challenge for myself. It's because I'm seeing really myself as someone from the Pacific. It's really how I see the world from now on and tomorrow. And that it's very important because we are capable of, and some way along the path, we forgot ourselves. And it's really important that humanity comes back to the center. And that's what he's saying in what we are looking at. You're talking about nickels. New Caledonia holds one quarter of the world nickel resources. One quarter. Nickel sec sector is the first employer of, in New Caledonia. The first before the public function. Nickel resources is not renewable. So we really have to think of how we work for future generations. And that's what Kanak is saying. That's what our culture, cultural heritage is saying. But not only to us in Kanaki, in the Pacific. Kanaki Nouvelle Caledonie must ensure return on investment and ensure value added profit for our country. That's how we have to think. The Northern Plant Kindness, because you've been talking about it, is a major pleasure in the economic rebalancing of our country. Nick, as you know, I work a lot on custom land. It's really another issue for myself and for the whole New Caledonia, Kanaki Nouvelle Caledonia. It's an important issue because of what? Because today we hear that uh, you are not capable of making 
enterprise of making uh, value on your land. You are not capable. Look, everyone is going and sitting in the capital. It's true. But if we didn't imagine what could retenir the people in the northern province, we will be more today in the capital city. And it's really important to understand that. We are capable, we are capable of, we really have to think, rethink our model wherever we are, and especially on our custom land. And something that is struggling really today is what do you want for tomorrow? We are the end of the path. We can't, everything that you have imagined, everything that we are coming through, we are at the end of the path. We have to change our thinking in everything we are doing today. But it's not just only us. The whole world has to remodel the way we want to be for the future generation. Do, I, do think I, it's really, do I make myself understand? Absolutely, because I think okay. it, the experience that New Caledonia has gone through engaging with um, uh, with um, mining companies, for example, is a debate that's happening in Papua New Guinea, in Australia, in uh, countries around the region about how natural resources can be managed um, both for economic benefit, but for future generations, the environmental social impacts of large corporations. And Charles, I might ask you, to what extent is New Caledonia's engagement with the region part of this discussion um, in 2016, New Caledonia and French Polynesia became full members of the Pacific Islands Forum uh, through the Melanesian Spearhead Group, where the FLNKS is a member of the uh, sub-regional group. There's a lot more engagement with neighbouring countries, including trade agreements with Vanuatu and so on. How much is this path involved in engaging with the wider region? And what importance do you, do you place on that uh, engagement? Yes, uh, I would say that uh, uh, it is a natural engagement uh, for Nicodonia as uh, a Pacific country and a Pacific uh, uh, nation, uh, especially uh, if Nicodonia becomes independent. Uh, what's important uh, relationship that we have a treaty with uh, uh, with, with, with the Pacific Island uh, Forum and also with the MSG, Malaysian Trade Group, is effectively uh, to uh, get more involved the Caledonia inside the region. So it is geopolitically uh, important because uh, uh, not only because uh, most of the countries in the South, in the South Pacific uh, uh, in the South Pacific region have been uh, involved uh, in supporting the Caledonia not only on the list of the C24 but also. Uh, uh, in the struggle uh, for the Kana people. So it is, uh, what I said uh, before, that it is a natural support, it is a natural solidarity that we have from those countries. Now the maintenance now is, uh, is, uh, is to, uh, is to uh, become, uh, as an independent as country, to get more involved uh, in, the, in, the, in this uh, regional organization. So uh, for us, uh, what the important thing today is uh, to have the support and also uh, to get uh, uh, to get more involved in New Caledonia as uh, New Caledonian government 
because now uh, since uh, Tahiti and New Caledonia became uh, that, uh, member of the Pacific Island Forum organization, uh, for us it was an important step in terms of this insertion. And I would say that it was FNK's uh, hope, uh, that's FNK's vision, to get more involved in New Caledonia uh, in the region. As uh, right before, uh, it was uh, the French government, the French uh, ideological uh, vision were more, uh, how that, uh, were, were more considered. Um, as you know, Nick, uh, I think last year, before last year, when uh, Prime Minister, uh, no, the President Macron came uh, in, in, not only in Cardona, but also in, in Australia, uh, was talking about the Indo-Pacific uh, strategy of the French, of France. And that's why we say that, uh, uh, even though now now you can't do, now France is uh, is encouraging us, he's uh, he's supporting New Caledonia in, in this process of decolonization. But beyond that, we know that France has a lot of uh, geo geopolitical uh, interest in this region. That's why that now we have to become more vigilant, become more careful about how uh, how France get involved inside those interaction uh, interaction. Uh, uh, strategies. Bashar, the, the government of New Caledonia has been uh, um, very active in its own right in the region. And uh, for example, uh, now there are representatives of the government of New Caledonia rather than the government of France serving in uh, embassies uh, in Australia, in New Zealand, in uh, Fiji. Uh, don't you see that? Do you agree that the, uh, uh, the government in itself is, uh, is now acting to, to engage with uh, other neighbouring Pacific Island states, as well as major powers like Australia and New Zealand? Yes. Uh, yes, because, I mean, it was... Uh, the Venkaz the was involved in such, uh, this process uh, to uh, put some of the delegates uh, of New Caledonian government inside those uh, French embassies uh, in, 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 in Australia and New Zealand and Fiji and, uh, and uh, Papua New Guinea and Vanuatu. Uh, because we need to establish more economical, economic uh, uh, partnership and, and, and relationship. But at the same time, we have, uh, uh, I mean, the FNCA has to become more vigilant in, in terms of strategic, uh, because now we know that the uh, French government is a member of the Pacific Island Forum, uh, but uh, at the same time, so we have uh, to be careful of how the French government use this relationship. Uh, so uh, we can we realize, for example, uh, in the last three months with the COVID-19 crisis, we saw that the French, the new French government now in France has, uh, how could that has uh, uh, changed his positions against, uh, against uh, I, mean, for, I mean, concerning the organization, I mean, concerning the organization of the referendum. We saw, for example, uh, some of the political positions that have been made by the, by the Osaria here in Numea, uh, in relation with the French government in Paris. Uh, we saw that now we, didn't, we don't have the support from the, from, 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 from the French government uh, in terms of political uh, uh, vision. Uh, and we, we 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 saw too that the French, uh, the French government is now uh, impartial 
as as I mean, like before, uh, we usually had uh, most of the successful. I mean, uh, government we usually supporting the process of the collision in terms of uh, in terms of um, how was that uh, uh, gathering everybody uh, to find a consensus concerning the organization of a referendum. Now, for example, we uh, we we saw that uh, last uh, month. They, are, they were supporting uh, the right wing, the anti-independentist uh, political parties to the French, which is illegally, uh, 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 which is uh, illegally, uh, 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 and, and at the same time, uh, we saw that uh, actually we didn't have any communication with the, with the Prime Minister and even the Minister for uh, uh, Minister de Vicomer, uh, French territory. So we have uh, to be careful, and we have to be we have to be uh, more uh, strategically uh, uh, how that uh, 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 strong, because we don't know what the French as as French government is offering us uh, in, in this process. Thanks, Charles. Um, we have a number of questions. Um, coming in through the uh, Q&A function. Anyone who'd like to submit a question can, uh, at the bottom of the screen, there's a, a button for Q&A. You can list your question there and we'll relay them to the panelists. Also for people who are listening on Facebook, uh, the live stream, they can submit their questions through Facebook and they'll once again be relayed to the panelists. And I might start um, posing a question that's come in uh, from, uh, one uh, member of the audience, with just over two weeks until the independence referendum, what's the general feeling in New Caledonia about the vote and whether events such as COVID-19 or the current dispute over the Goro Nickel project have influenced people? Um, Magali, you've been uh, actively campaigning uh, as part of the Yes campaign for independence. What's your sense of how people are reacting on the ground given uh, the situation in 2020 with the pandemic is a different environment than two years ago. Um, yes, it's it's uh, it's, uh, it's um, thank you, Nick, for the question. It's uh, and for the um, for the audience, uh, um, it's uh, the environment is different. Is different. If we're gonna if we're gonna have a third one, the environment is going to be different again. Um, two years, it's quite uh, long, but it's quite uh, fast as well. And uh, for us, what happened for this second, uh, second referendum is like, uh, we had two, um, two, 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 two elections uh, between the uh, first referendum and this one. We have a provincial referendum um, election, sorry. And so we change our Congress, we change our government, and we also have municipal uh, uh, elections, we change um, and, um, uh, our mayors. So for this referendum, we, did that, um, we also change um, uh, the, the, um, electors, the elected members of the Congress of New Caledonia. So we now have a, a new strategy coming from the um, non-campaign. Uh, 
the opposite of the new, the, the idea of the independence. Um, um, we can feel on the ground when we're campaigning uh, that um, uh, people want more information, more and more and more. Um, you know, we're talking about independence in 2020. Um, we we're facing um, uh, young um, uh, training Canucks. Um, I mean, facing no. We we have uh, now um, young intellectual Canuck. Um, so we're talking about talking about independence uh, in, in in this millennium. It's quite uh, a big challenge. Uh, so. Um, uh, people want more and more information. Um, we're campaigning for the independence. We're now having social media. Like in uh, back in ten years, we 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 didn't have that kind of campaigning. Um, so we can feel that people want more and more informations, and um, they listening. They and um, they they go in their own studies when they have one questions. So we can't campaigning in two, uh, in two thousand twenty like we did to campaign ten years ago. Eh? Um, so people just want more and more information. We're giving more and more information. We're giving more informations. We're talking about for this campaign. We're talking about what's what is going to uh, to happen after the yes. I mean the Monday in the morning. We 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 it, uh, give informations on there's an, another process after the yes to pull out from the French constitution. Constitution is that kind of thing that we we we're just talking about this now, like ten or twenty years ago when we were talking about independence it was like, oh, that's uh, we no no longer talking about independence. But now it's like we can feel it. So yes, people want more information. That's the that's the main thing. A question has come in uh, from Jean Gabriel Mongui, asking about an article in the newspaper Le Monde that's just been published. You've mentioned that there's a new generation of people, um, you know, buying into the discussion. People who are 18 years old going to vote for the first time weren't born when the Namir Accord was signed, let alone when the troubles of the 1980s occurred. Jean-Gabriel asks that a group of local intellectuals, including Emmanuel Chibau, the son of the late Jean-Marie Chibau, has written in Le Monde, we are slowly evolving into a Creole community. We have to move away from ideologies and the decolonization discourse. I wonder whether any of you would be willing to, to comment on that uh, intervention in the referendum debate by some leading figures uh, um, about uh, whether you know the call for decolonization, the call for independence, is is out of place. Can I just I um, whether anyone would like to leap in there? <laughs> put if I put all the questions you were talking about so far, can I put it differently and and I'll address uh, a response to Jean Gabriel Mongi, who might say hello and all my love. Um, the question is, how is 2020 or 2020 different from 2018? Everything is different. In two years' time, everything is different because people are growing, because people are changing, but also because the context 
in whom we are asked to is different. Um, we didn't agree on the date. We didn't agree on the fact of they today, and that's a position from the state, are able to use the national French flag. Um, what is different? Um, today, we have numbers. As you guys know, the system of voting in New Caledonia is not compulsory. So now we know that over 33,000 of people didn't bother vote. We have to understand why they didn't want to vote. Who are they? When I say that, it's because we have seen or we understand in our precision in wanting to know how we were voting in 2018, not only the youth is not voting. And I want to say that today they are voting. They know why they are voting, most of them. But why at that time, uh, let me rephrase this. We are coming out 30 years ago of a situation which was qualified as a civil war in Kanaki 30 years ago. So, of course, we cannot say you are you that came through history in Kanaki. You are not, you are not the responsible for it because you are today 18. But we cannot deny that it happened. Today, we cannot deny that it's been 30 years where people have struggled. People died for this fight. We cannot ignore that. I'm not talking about creolity. I'm not, I'm talking about Kanaki identity, Caledonian identity. We cannot deny that people went through a lot of harassment, a lot of struggle. And that is very important. Of course, we have to redefine. Of course, today we have intellectuals. But what we know, we don't need to be intellectuals to know what we we want for our country, do we? We don't need to transform everything in concept to exist because that would be an error. One cannot deny his history. His history is the path for the future. It doesn't mean that you are responsible for what the elders have done, and not is to. Everything is not to be thrown in the rubbish. We have to learn from our mistakes. Do I go too far? Who do have to stop? Nick, I'm talking to you. That's been posed from um, Alfred, I think Alfred Suakai, in the Forum Secretariat. And it ties into this question. As we mentioned at the beginning, this has been a long process. You mentioned 30 years since the conflict of the 1980s. Um, There have been unique elements in the yeah. Namir Accord process, the delay till holding a, a decision on political status, the fact that there are three referenda, some unique attempts to bring customary authorities into an advisory role in the parliament and so on. And I wonder at the same time, there have been uh, tensions between supporters and opponents of independence, um, a whole range of factors that have worked and haven't worked. The question asked from Alfred uh, Suakai. What are the strengths and weaknesses of New Caledonia's unique self-determination process? Um, What can the world learn from the experience thus far? Uh, Didn't we answer to that question so far? Yeah, I think so. Are there other elements elements that you think have been uh, 
been ignored. Maybe I could throw one in. Um, yeah. New Caledonia, drawing on French law, has a, a system uh, called the loi de parité, um, where the electoral system ensures that women have representation uh, yeah. equal to men uh, in the parliamentary institutions. Um, a number of political parties are led by women in New Caledonia, or have been yeah. over the last 20 years. And indeed, the first elected uh, leader of a Pacific Island country uh, was Marie Noel Temero in 2004, vice president, was also a woman. Given that many neighboring Melanesian countries have very poor representation by women in their national legislatures, I wonder if you could comment about uh, the strengths and weaknesses of that, uh, uh, what was a French law, um, bringing uh, women into the electoral system. All three participants might like to, uh, to comment. Uh, uh, given the, the sometimes tension between uh, uh, these laws and uh, connect custom. So who's the first? Magali, please. Okay, thank you. I'm the younger player, so maybe it's why. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, um, uh, you can feel in this country that uh, there's a woman within the parliament. You can feel it every day. You can feel it um, daily. Um, since uh, the law of the Loi de la parité from France came in. So we, I mean, Patricia and I are elected members of the Northern Province. Um, you can feel in each laws now that there's women. Uh, so it is not as, not as easy that it can it can shows like for us as a Kanak woman, we 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 must be we must be the voice of the people, not only the woman, also the young, and also I mean we we are uh, elected as men, um, but uh, um, uh, it has to comes to uh, for 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 a short time, eh? for for time, like um is. It's not easy like we it can be, or it shows. Um, being like um, uh, talking from, uh, front of the public, or um, um, being uh, on the front, uh, it's quite uh, sometimes uh, still sometimes uh, difficult, but well, we can go for it. And so um, I know I know that. We are the only one country from from the Melanesia that we, there's a woman in elected woman in the, uh, our Congress. So I can encourage, please, our brothers from the Pacific to to bring more women in their parliament. They will they will really really gain for for it because um, uh, when when there's a, there's women in the room, you can tell that the, uh, there's something different. Nick. Uh, Nick? Oh, please. Yes, I, I just I just want to answer uh, about uh, you 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 question before that question about uh, the parity. Uh, the question was I think what the world can learn about uh, uh, experience. Experience. Uh, in my view and uh, analysis, uh, I think uh, what the the world can learn about uh, this process of decolonization is how we how we brought uh, the French government in negotiation. Uh, I, I think uh, if you see 
all the decolonization process. Uh, most of the decolonization process have been uh, end with the war, and many people have been died. And that's the original thing with this uh, struggle, with this process of decolonization, decolonization that we engage in this in this country, is to bring French government to uh, end this decolonization with successfully. I think this yeah. is important uh, because uh, 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 we uh, need uh, that the French government to uh, give us this country with the full capacity uh, of the people to manage uh, economically and to have the society more viable. Uh, because if we look uh, at the back uh, about the, some, of the, uh, some of the experiences in Africa now and some of the countries in, in, in Latin America or in uh, Asia, we saw, some of the, we saw some of the former countries uh, colonized by the multicultural countries are, uh, are having difficulties, and now we we can say that uh, the negotiation uh, uh, how that the negotiation uh, strategy that were used by the French guys was the main uh, successful uh, uh, how could that uh, uh, key of the success of this uh, of this uh, and that's why we say that. Now we are ready to become an independent country. Now we have a lot of people who, been, uh, who, I mean, who went to France or to overseas to train, uh, and now they are more uh, competent and, and have the capacity to manage the country. Even in terms of economic uh, and social uh, uh, resilience, now we say that we are ready. Uh, that's, why we, that's why we say that uh, that's one of the that's one of the, uh, how call that? I mean, one of the experiences and constitutive challenges. Did you want to add anything to, to that question? Yeah. I've seen some of the questions, so I'll try to sort of. We are 250,070 in Kanaki Novel So it's not a question of even if. I'm the first to say it's really important that women are there where they have to be. But for me, the struggle of the Kanak people is not a question of age or sex. It's really, a, it's really the struggle of a country, of a people. Why am I saying that? Magali is right. We have the possibility today to be where we are in political assembly. But it doesn't mean that we have to stop in wanting what we want for our rights as a woman. It doesn't mean that everything is okay. And it's like, as I said before, Nick, you know that I work a lot on custom land. Today, when we talk with the custom elders, they don't see us as women, but they really see us as valeur ajoutée, resource, strength, and that is, that is what is really important here. Um, I don't really like the debate on opposing men and women, or it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And we are here to face that. Let's not be paternalistic about it. If I do have to do that, where I am, where I am, I do it. Because it's very difficult, though I am represented in the Congress of New Caledonia, when I'm looking at what happened this morning, for example, it's very difficult for a woman 
or Kanak woman to make, to make, to make but not because she's woman, because she's woman, but because she's capable of thinking by herself and she's capable to apporter sa contribution à l'humanité. And that's very important for me because once again, we are only 250,000. And what I really want to say is that we are few and many at the same times. But what is really important, uh, did I say a lot really important? <laughs> what is to sort of uh, look at truly is um, uh, le corps électoral, je m'excuse, hein, le corps électoral spécial qui a été mis en place, et Nick, tu le traduiras, est quelque chose de formidable. Le corps électoral spécial qui a été mis exclusivement pour le référendum dans la mesure où on savait pertinemment que la France, en tant qu'État colonial depuis des siècles, a fait en sorte que l'on soit minoritaire chez nous. Et ça, pour la classe politique dans le Pacifique et dans le monde, je pense que c'est une leçon. So Patricia is saying that the one of the, the key features of the current situation is the restricted electoral role for the local institutions and particularly the referendum um, because the French state over time has made the Indigenous Kanak people a minority in the country and that is a, a central part of the, the, the context. Sorry, I've just uh, given a brief summary. Mm -hmm. Related to this question about the weight, the size of New Caledonia, is the, the geopolitics of the region. And we have a question coming to that. During his visit to New Caledonia and uh, um, Australia in 2018, French President Emmanuel Macron raised concern about China's growing influence in the Pacific region and what it might mean for an independent New Caledonia. Um, China at the moment is New Caledonia's largest trading partner, um, particularly through the sale of nickel, uh, nickel ore to uh, uh, smelters uh, in China through the northern province. So the question has come from uh, one of the audience. In 2020, what is the general feeling towards China in New Caledonia? And how would panelists like to see an independent New Caledonia interact with larger world powers? in terms of foreign policy. How will New Caledonia and independent New Caledonia relate to China, to France, to Australia, closest neighbor, to other major powers? Charles Magali? Uh, Charles, yes. would you like to start? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think during this COPEN, much of the questions that have been uh, asked by the population is effectively concerning the the, how could that, uh, not the invasion, but the relationship uh, with China in case we become an independent country. And uh, because we are living now with this, uh, we are living now with this, uh, how could that, with this, uh, uh, with this, uh, how could that, uh, with the campaign uh, engaged by the, by the superpower countries like uh, US or, or mostly most of the uh, European countries against China. But in terms uh, of, uh, in terms of how could that, in terms of uh, uh, relation uh, policy, uh, if the Cardona become important, it would be clear. It would be clear. I think we are clear on that question that 
if Nicaragua becomes independent tomorrow, the first thing is uh, to establish our relationship with most of the countries that we are sharing the same values. Secondly, we will be sharing, we set up our relationship with the countries that we have a cultural and economical interest. Interest. And, and that's why uh, it is important that uh, most of the uh, the policy, relation policy, I mean, external policy of New Caledonia, of the independent country, will be set up or to define our interests first. And secondly, we will be looking of which countries that we can also have uh, more economical and commercial uh, links. For example, actually, we, we have an offshore Canuck smelter in uh, South Korea. So that's those, some of those countries that we need to set up or, or, uh, uh, economic uh, and bilateral uh, relationship. And also, we have also uh, uh, an equal commercial uh, link with China. But we know that effectively we are actually uh, under the international political pressure made by uh, most of the superpower countries. But New Caledonia, uh, as an independent country, tomorrow will be clear that if we have interest with China, uh, because we have economical interests, we are going to have a relationship. Like France, actually, or Australia, actually, even though they are against China, but they still have economic relationship with China. So why, why, why would they not uh, have this possibility to have uh, economical and relationship with China? Because we are small countries. And that's why we, we say that uh, Kanaki independent country is like Australian and France and most of the European uh, uh, countries. So we need effectively to look properly in with which countries we have uh, uh, economical interests or political interests and effectively. If tomorrow that China can be uh, 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 an important country for New Caledonia uh, or for Kanaki, why not? But uh, effectively, what I say that the policy, the future, the vision of the of Kanaki independent uh, state uh, in terms of relationship will be, will be, will be done uh, according with the uh, uh, economical and national interest. That's it. Uh, Charles already said everything, but I would like just only had one thing. It's concerning uh, our new relationships with China or other, other countries. As Charles said, that independence is um, for us to open our doors on the uh, international level. Independence doesn't mean for us, for the FLNKS, to close our doors and being like only independence for us, it's to lead us on the international um, level, yes. See, I'm not going to add any, I think Charles said it really promptly and clearly. Let's not be mistaken here. I'm not against French. I speak French since I'm six years old though I do speak my own language. I breathe French. That's the colonization. I didn't choose, but it's a fact. My history, I know the French history maybe more than the French themselves sometimes. So it's not of saying, I mean, my choice tomorrow is a normal way of doing. What we are saying is that 
we come to an extent where these people is asking for sovereignty, plenty sovereignty. And what's wrong with having cooperation with China and others? What we are saying is just that the fact that the difference is that we will choose how we want to put and the level we, will, we want to put in that relationship. We choose as a free state, as a state. That is all the difference. Why, why can't I make mistakes? Why can't I? I have to make mistakes to go further. So what Magali is saying and Charles is that we have been doing it already through our project, but it's the capacity or the possibility of choosing what I want and putting in the middle the interest of New Caledonia and all the people that are living on this land. And that's what is aiming us. Our time is coming to an end, and I thank you very much for your uh, comments and uh, feedback. There's one final question that has come in. Uh, there's a number of questions that have come in. Unfortunately, time is slipping away, and we don't have time to answer them all. But I think this is a, a serious and important question. Um, in 2018, you... the Yes campaign, the campaign for independence received 43% support for New Caledonians wanting to be independent. The question is, will you do better this time? Of course. <laughs> it's, um, a, it's a challenge. It's a time of COVID. It's a time of economic uncertainty. It's a time where the loyalists, the opponents of independence have formed a coalition uniting six parties. Um, are you sure that you'll do better? <laughs> of course, Nick. <laughs> um, yes, uh, and and because has uh, okay, I, uh, I'm going. Eh? Has has Patricia said in, uh, in the beginning? We have three three polls, eh? three times to express uh, to um, uh, express uh, for for or against uh, the independence. Uh, this is what the Numea Accords uh, Numea Accords. Say, um, put on the table to make it uh, happen. Um, uh, the second one, this one, it's maybe the, the more strategic one, maybe, yeah? why? Because we know that the first, uh, in uh, November 18, uh, in November, um, the, the first referendum that we, we made it for, 43%. Uh, we must go, um, go ahead uh, uh, um, uh, for, for this one. But we also know that there's another one. So it means that li like for this second one, um, more like for, to educate again. Um, um, we're campaigning to win this time, because as Charles said, um, none of the on, on, on the country over the world are ready as we are in this country to for the independence. Um, we have that process for 30, uh, 40 years. Eh? So um, we'll, we'll do it better. Um, I believe that um, Patricia already answered that uh, regarding that we we're going to the to the also more for to the people who didn't vote for the first referendum 
who they are and why they didn't vote. So we're campaigning like we call door to door. We're just going to the families, talking to the elders, talking to the, to the um, kids, the women of the house. So we're campaigning a little bit differently. So means that we, we're going to have a better result, but we will win this time. Okay, on that note, uh, we might wrap up. Um, to uh, Patricia Goa, Kushal Weya, Magali Tangal, thank you very much for your participation. Um, and thank you to all the people in the audience who've stuck with us, and particularly the questions that have come in. I'm sorry, there were still a few questions there, but we've been unable to uh, take more, and I think we could continue this conversation. Uh, certainly uh, in the weeks ahead, uh, Griffith University, uh, Griffith Asia Institute Pacific Hub has uh, uh, a number of resources on the website uh, about the current situation in New Caledonia that people seeking more detailed background can access. And I'd like to hand over now to the um, uh, director of the uh, Pacific Hub at uh, Griffith uh, to give a vote of thanks and to thank uh, our participants today. Uh, Dr. Tess newton Kane from uh, uh, the Pacific Hub. Thank you very much. Thanks, Nick. À nos invités d'honneur, je vous remercie de, de nous donner vos temps et de partager vos pensées avec si générosité aujourd'hui. Merci beaucoup. I think we wrote, I think on behalf of us all, I can say that we're all enriched from having had this opportunity to learn from you and to benefit from your insights and analysis at this, uh, this very critical time and, and obviously this very busy time for the people of New Caledonia Kanaki. I'd like to say thank you to Nick for convening the panel and for facilitating today's conversation, which has certainly added greatly to my understanding and I'm sure the understanding of many others of the issues that are so important for the forthcoming referendum in New Caledonia. And I think, as we've touched on today, they're important primarily for the people that live there, but also they're very important for the rest of the region. And, and certainly that's one of the reasons that we'll be watching very closely what happens over the next few weeks in New Caledonia. I'd also like to thank the members of the Griffith Asia Institute team who've worked so hard to bring this Pacific Outlook event together, including Stefan Armbruster, who's another member of the Pacific Hub. And I understand that he was the one that got the ball rolling a few weeks ago further to a conversation with Nick. And to those of you who've joined us in our audience, thank you for supporting this event. Um, it, it is very much part of what we, at the Pacific Hub we really would like to do, which is to give um, our audiences an opportunity to hear from the people of the Pacific about the things that they care about, about the things that they talk about among themselves and, and about the things that are important to them. And we, we really value your support in being part of the work that we do in amplifying those voices and improving the understanding of Australians and others of, of what's really going on in, in this very important region that is very, that of which we are part here at the Pacific Hub. Um, I would reiterate Nick's um, suggestion about our Focus on New Caledonia resources corner on the Pacific Hub website. There are lots of things there, items written by Nick and reports by other people, uh, conversation pieces, 
the recording of this event will also be posted on there when it's ready. And we'll be adding to that as we get closer to the referendum and in the immediate aftermath. So if you're looking for where to go to find out about what's going on and what it all means, we hope that you'll make good use of that. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I will wish you all bonjour and bring this event to a close.